Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast, the place where we focus on Watford. None of that Man United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, is it going to be sacked nonsense? It's all about the Hornets. Uh, my name is Matt Messiano and along with me this afternoon is analyst Jordan Weimer. Jordan, well, what a lovely day it is, isn't it? A beautiful, beautiful day. The birds are shining. The birds are shining? The, the the birds are flying in the sky. The sun is shining. Probably where you are, uh, the sun isn't out yet. I think it's probably it's six in the morning or something like that. But over here, it is it's lovely. And oh, I'm just basking in, in what a fantastic day. Yeah, it's pitch black and it's cold here. But in my own personal <laughs> little bubble, I feel like I'm on a on a summer's day for sure. These ones are much easier to talk about, aren't they? So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was yeah, good feeling. Okay. Oh, Oh, it's good. Um, I, I was walking through the Harlequin yesterday on, on the way to the game, actually. Um, and it just, it was a great atmosphere. It just, it was all Christmassy. Um, <laughs> smiley faces were everywhere. Every Man United fan that I bumped into looked already like they were, they were heading to their, their own funeral. It didn't, they didn't, they didn't seem that happy, which made me feel even better. Um, but I didn't quite expect what we got. Uh, I certainly didn't expect 4-1. Um, the team news was interesting, wasn't it? The team news was interesting because in, in the press conference from Ranieri ahead uh, of the game, um, he the, the, the fact that, uh, or at least an interesting line I, I thought was that uh, Loser uh, won't be ready to play his natural attacking position for for two to three months is is kind of what we what one of the things that we got from that, and therefore I dismissed him being involved in the game today. But when when the team news came out and I, I saw that he was starting, I thought, well, this is a, this is big news. Big, big news. But he wasn't playing in in the position that um that Ranieri was talking about. So I suppose uh he's vindicated in that sense. But um it was gonna be a big game for him last and what because he hadn't started for a little while, Jordan. Yeah, I mean he hadn't and it was I think it was a really good performance from him. It was um yeah, as you say it wasn't in his more attacking position, but he played in that deeper role and he uh, which I think suits him anyway, and arguably is his best position in in some ways. But um, yeah, being able to drop deep, pick up that ball, um, play quite quite laterally too. I think he popped up in quite a few wide areas to play the ball and, and find possession, which is really useful for us. Uh, Same with that a little bit since we lost Will Hughes. Um, I thought his his pressure was good. He was had a lot of energy, and that midfield as a whole had a lot of work to do. Um, and they played in a real real kind of intense manner where they were able to press uh, Man United midfield and not allow them to build up, which we kind of expected to happen. Um, but Lewis was that one player in there that just had that little more quality on the ball, and I think we definitely saw the benefits of that. Despite the fact that Man United were poor, and they were, um, Watford had a real uh, tactical game today to try and exploit the best of, of the players that they had themselves. What did they do, Jordan, in order to, to really get behind Man United? Well, I think the first thing is just kind of something we just, we've touched on numerous times since Ranieri's been here, and that's just the pressure that we've seen develop in terms of uh, our off-the-ball work and how we how we like to kind of create uh, our own opportunities through forcing the opponent into making mistakes. And I think that pressure we applied through midfield especially, but also from the front, I thought Emmanuel Dennis was 
tenacious throughout the whole game. It was an incredible amount of work from from those players and able just to pin them back and not not allow them to build up and kind of have that more uh, methodical possession through the back line. Um, I think this this is the one thing about these sort of pressure based systems where it is a way of bridging a lack of is a way of bridging the gap in quality, but also it does create momentum. Um, it creates an atmosphere, and I think you can see how that that play, that momentum through the players is in, is infectious. And I think there are some some more kind of in depth tactical points in terms of what we did, but as a whole, I'd say uh, just that overall mentality of the team. Um, but you can also kind of look at how we um, how we like to try and bring Luke Shaw into some difficult positions with Saar's movement. Saar will drift quite essentially a lot of the time and force that pressure onto the centre-backs and uh, we, we did a really good job of that. I think Kiko Femenia being back as well and, and kind of playing that that role we'd been used to him playing a little bit more where he was able to advance a little bit um, allow Saar to drift inside. This is something we talked about last week too finding ways to, to create Saar or give Saar opportunities to attack the teams where he's been a little bit isolated at times. I thought yesterday that the way we used Kiko and Saar um, very similar to how we use him in the championship and um, we saw the benefits from that both Kiko kind of getting into some dangerous positions putting some balls in and also Saar scoring a goal I think it was a much better performance there um, in terms of defensively too uh, we played quite a high line maybe a little bit risky at times but I think we were trying to try to keep some of the, the kind of threatening players of Ronaldo's out of the box as much as possible and we kind of gambled that we could we could force United into playing over us um, and, and we'd have enough kind of positional awareness and, and, and kind of speed off the, off the off the line from the goalkeeper to kind of clear these things up and for the most part it worked quite well yeah Watford came out of the blocks really quickly didn't they in, in, in that first half they could have scored a bundle yeah I mean that that's the thing that you have to be I mean it suits this team to, to be aggressive in that way um, and, and you kind of look at how those chances come about a lot of it is through turnovers turnovers of possession um, kind of getting in there and getting those interceptions rebounds and forcing that play it's not coming from build up it's not coming from us passing the ball around the back and feeding into midfield we have a specific way of doing it and it's useful um, it creates mayhem actually and that's how we play best in a sense um, and I, I just think it's way way more suited to the squad we have and it has been for a long time um, anytime we've had a manager come in and ask us to play that sort of more passive defensive role even uh, what we saw under Ranieri against Liverpool now I know Liverpool are a much better team than United but um, the way we set off and we weren't as aggressive we weren't pressing in those areas we didn't take those risks because it is a risk you can you can lose these games of course it's not a unflawed system but um, it does put you in a position to be a little bit more positive, especially if you've got some um, mentality issues in the team where you, if you're in a relegation battle, you've been losing. I think if you can put your players on the front foot and put them in attack, even if I'm saying off the ball defensively, put them in attack, it does create a better atmosphere around the ground, but also amongst the players. And I think it just gives you a more positive outlook, even if you end up conceding goals. And I still think um, that even yesterday, had we lost, it would be a much more positive performance just based on how we played um, and how we approached the game. So I just think it's a it's a much better suited way of playing for us. It felt like uh, you know it might not be our day at one point, didn't it? Because we uh, we had several opportunities in the first half. It just wasn't quite happening for us. Um, and then we got the penalty, and we're like, yes, this is the chance to to take the take the lead. And and Saar, you know, it was it was not a good penalty from him. I've got to say, actually, Saar kind of started that game where he had left off from the last one, just not really with the with the kind of confidence that that we need him to have uh and it kind of showed when he took the penalty as well it, it wasn't well taken Jordan no it wasn't it wasn't well taken and the second one was worse too so it was it was unfortunate but that these things happen and he he's still rare to the young and I think he's still developing as a as a player and as a person so if it takes a little bit of time that's fine he's, he's the quality is there and I think even if you had these moments of Saar clearly clearly he's worth it overall um as frustrating as it was uh, I know we kind of got away with it. I've never seen a penalty incident like that before. It was very peculiar, wasn't it? Was. It was. Like, uh, uh, you know, at first we were all we were all delighted that that Firmini had a uh, had managed to tuck it in after after the after the poor penalty. Great finish, but, from uh, it was a great finish, wasn't it? But unfortunately, he was encroaching, and um, there were Man United players encroaching as well. And is that the reason why? Yeah. The, the penalty retake was decided. Wambasak was also encroaching, so it kind of cancelled it out. Yeah. And so the the second opportunity, and at that point are you thinking right side just smash this one or should it have been given up to somebody else to take how, how should the dynamics have worked there, uh, no, I'm gonna, I mean personally I'd, I'd still give it to him um, give him the opportunity to 
to make up for kind of missing the first one, I think nine times out of ten he's gonna he's gonna finish it. It's, it's just you know the nature of of the penalty. It wasn't a good penalty, and that just didn't give him the opportunity to score. Um, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating, but it, I think it's still a, an anomaly. I don't think these ha- things happen that often. Um, we've seen Sar take penalties before. He is capable, but it's a skill that he's having to develop, and he hasn't had too many chances to take penalties in these higher stake games. So it, it's just another another learning experience for him. I will say too, the actual the actual way the penalty came about was also interesting. I think there was some pressure in midfield, and it does kind of show um, how, how the threat of that pressure can even in its own way cause some confusion. And Fernandez played that ball into such a strange position, that lofted ball back. Um, and then the penalty comes about from that too. So it's just another example of how um, how our kind of change of approach can also lead to these goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah, it was Josh King, wasn't it, who um, got ahead of his man and, you know, he was you know, a blatant foul. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, I think it scrolled me out to Dennis and Dennis had the chance to, to score and maybe maybe we wish he had it done now because it wouldn't have gone to the penalty. But, uh, you know, it was a very blatant penalty and I don't think... It definitely kicked Sars game on, though, didn't it? It did, it did, uh, and we'll come we'll come to that um, a bit later. But certainly, when he scored his goal, it um, it certainly gave him the confidence that he needed. But before that, it was Josh King um, finally managed to to score for us um, mm-hmm. to after what seemed like you know a whole world of chances that we'd not been able to take. Um, great bit of play from Dennis, who probably was in with a shout of being the man of the match yesterday. He sort of trapped it, brought it down, and quickly. Uh, cut it back for King, and um, yeah, I think he put it through through the legs of De Gea, wasn't it? Or at least it squirmed somewhere around that area. Yeah, just that kind of that just finish, just getting it on target. Kind of, it was a little bit under him, wasn't it, when he got the shot? Mm. Um, but he managed to get a connection on it. Didn't get the full power he'd want, just because of how reactionary it was. But it was enough in a crowded box, and it was uh, yeah, exactly what we needed. And as you say, really, really good work from Dennis. He was, I think, was I think probably. I mean, as you say, you, there's lots of players you can you can kind of give that. That shout to for man of the match, but I think Dennis is definitely up there and probably was for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was great work down the wing and, and getting the ball into the box and a good finish. And I think that's something we saw again today or yesterday, sorry. Um, just finding ways to get that ball into the box. That's cl- that's something we wanted to do, um, and also finding our players once they're in the box, being active in the box, actually finding ways to get body in there, bodies in there and commit players to there. Because how many times? Um, under Cisco since in the Premier League or even under previous regimes where we've been in attacking positions just not been able to get the ball in the box or get players occupying that box um, I think yesterday to show that we can advance forward we played a little bit of a higher line we got our full backs forward a little bit um, and we were able to get our wingers attacking those kind of outside of the box areas and, and feeding that ball in I think yesterday we had 15 shots from inside the box which is you know that sign was pretty rare for us. Um, and obviously, look at where the goals came from too. We're able to get players in there and get bodies around there and make it really hard for United. So that first one there was a really good example of how effective that can be. How important was that second goal, uh, Jordan? Because I think we all felt that um, in the second half we'd see a different Man United. Yeah, of course. It was, it was it, you know, it's huge. I think I think the, the worry comes from... Um, are we going to change approach? Are we going to see, okay, we're 2-0 now, let's kind of take a foot off a little bit, let's try and c- contain, because I just don't think that suits us. Um, it's never really suited us, and I still think that's something we, we shouldn't be looking to do. But thankfully, I think Ranieri is also aware of that. And even, as, even if there's a tendency from players naturally to um, to play a little bit more cautiously, I, I think he's quite aware, or he seems to feel that that's the best way of doing things, is to not do that and to be more aggressive and try and continue that, um, at least with this Watford team anyway. Um, and whilst that did kind of start to bleed into the second half, I thought we started the second half much much more slowly, a little bit less aggressive, a little bit less positive, um, and we kind of saw how things started to slip into more of the norm for us defensively. But once we kind of found our foot, footing back in that, we kind of looked more towards ourselves, and that two-goal cushion was able to, um, whilst it wasn't able to be held because obviously that, that that goal that was brought back just after half time. Um, it, that kind of did kickstart us back into that mentality in that mode. I think from then on we kind of didn't really stop. Yeah, it was well taken by Saar, wasn't it? And, and 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 that goal really helped to to sort of get him back into the right mental state. Yeah, it did, and I think that's just another example of how um, how having Kiko there also helped too. 
able to get forward. He's he's someone that can get the ball into the box. United have to be aware of that too. They have to compensate for that. Um, but it also allows sides to drift inside and drift into that, that edge of the box, that wide area in the box. And we've seen Sar be dangerous from there before. We know he can finish. Um, we've seen goals, you know, the, the goals against Reading last year. Lots of, lots of goals have come from that wide position in the box. Um, it, it's a dangerous area for Sar and somewhere you don't want to allow him space, but it, it's also a hard area to vary the box to pick up and defend because you're not, you're not necessarily going to want to kind of commit players too tight to him. He doesn't need that much space. So, um, just that little, that little zone there is just a nice little spot for him. We found him. Uh, he took that touch and there's a great shot across goal and there's nothing really De Gea could have done. So, um, yeah, that kind of really obviously made up. You can see in the celebration how relieved he was and, it really made up for that that earlier penalty miss or the double penalty miss. Did you feel as there in the second half that United would would come out and with, with a vengeance to try and almost uh, right the the wrongs that they had seen in the first half? Yeah, I mean, I think they're stuttering enough that it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was not a concern, but it, I feel like it was less likely than it could have possibly been. But I think for me, it was always about how we would approach it. And as I said, I think the way we dropped off um, or kind of just took it down the gear in the, in the beginning of the second half, um, I, I think that was... And that was kind of a downfall for them, them early for that, uh, that first ten minutes after after the second half started. Um, obviously, conceding the goal too. Um, that was a, a, a wake up call, I think. And I think that will be used now as a somewhat of a marker to say, look, this is what happens when you do change things. If we, as I said, you, you can concede playing the way we were playing, of course, but I do think we are more prone to it when we play a little bit more passively. And, and that second half, the, the start of the second half, at least, um, was a prime example of that. The substitute of Van der Beek for them, though, did give them some kind of um, energy, didn't it? It did. It, it, it did. It, it, but at the same time, we, we also are able to contain that in a different way. We are able to minimise that factor. Um, and if we're not if we're not playing to, to the to the requirements of the coach in, in that early stage, then that's when you suffer. But I think he had the game plan right. And I think that was just a situation of you've got to trust the coach here and you've got to be able to go out there and, and, and execute, even if subconsciously or, or consciously you feel like you've got to be a little bit off the ball or sit off a little bit or give a little more, a little bit more space and try to be more cautious. It's just not going it's, it's to benefit you. And I think as the team kind of realised that, it, it worked in our favour. I don't want to talk too much about Man United because everyone else is going gonna, is gonna to do that for us, Jordan. But... um. What I do want to mention is tactically, because Man United set up in a very predictable way, almost they have to use Ronaldo. Does that make it easier for the you know teams that are playing against them to know how to play? Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, I mean they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything crazy. They're not really doing anything too too technical in way in, in terms of how they're going to try and break them. The position they have. Obviously, Ronaldo in that team, which is he's always going to be a threat, and they have the wide men. But the other wide men were pretty ineffective. Um, I think we also we kind of took that gamble of playing high, and it, it did actually stop them quite well, um, containing that space, not not allowing them to to kind of play through that middle, not allowing Fernando space, making them run behind more. Um, whilst they have the pace and power on the wings, uh, we just did a very good job. Kiko was great at getting in there and intercepting those those kind of balls out of the wing. Um, he defended, I thought, really, really well yesterday. Adam Masner did too, and we took a bit of a gamble, but it paid off. And once you isolate, uh, sorry, once you kind of contain those wide areas and don't allow them through, then you're really going to find it hard to, to kind of get through to Ronaldo. He had a couple of chances, um, and they were, again, risks that you take, but educated gambles because they paid off. Um, the the midfield I thought was off off the pace for them. Um, Fernandez wasn't anywhere near um, up to up to where he can be, um, and I thought the support from fullback was also poor from them. I thought Wan-Bissaka didn't offer much, and it allowed us to, um, to to play in that manner relatively comfortable uh, comfortably for most for the most part of the of the game. But um, yeah, I just I just think it's a you can see the deficiencies that, that United have right now. It's not just the the tactical approach; it's also the the manner in which the players are moving around, carrying themselves. You can see we've seen it all before. We've seen it here. Um, we've seen it at other clubs. You can tell when when the players aren't really going to turn this around for the coach, and it's definitely one of those situations. Um, but I just think that we. I think that, I think we outcoached them. I think we out, outplayed them. So I think both the players on the pitch deserve the credit, but also Ranieri for the for the way we did it does too, um, because we minimised or we we kind of we beat United from a tactical standpoint as well, and that's something that uh, I think we have to look to do um, as a lower half t- table team. You've always got to try and look to to outcoach the opposition because you're going to be playing against players with uh, more teams with better quality, and United obviously have better quality than us. But I- I'd say we won that on kind of every scenario yesterday, every 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 ground we won that yeah. game. 
Watford have a had a real um, spine of of ex Man United players in their side today, didn't they? It was it was nice to see um, to see them. I don't know, get a little over them, you know. Uh, and they they've they've all played them before, probably a few times now. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Foster, Cathcart, uh, Cleverly, and and Josh King. But um, you know. I don't think they've got anything to prove either. They've played and beaten Man United in the past, but uh, it's, it's it's always nice from a from a from a Watford fans' point of view to see um, see ex Man United players uh, that, that basically were deemed um, surplus to requirements at, at Man United. You know, almost you know you're not good enough for us to to sort of um, well you know stick it to them basically. Yeah, it was. No, we've had quite a for it seems like a while now. I've had some. Some quite a core of United, ex United players been around the club, it seems. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, it just adds another level to it, doesn't it? It's just another another level of satisfaction that that, that sort of win brings us. Um, yeah, no, I mean, extremely positive, and I'm I'm happy for all those guys for sure because it was a uh, really good result for them, and and yeah, it just adds another level. Which I'm not going to complain. I'm going I'm going to try and fi- I'm going to try and find satisfaction from every point of this game <laughs> for as long as possible, and that's just another one, yeah. Uh, and one of those in particular, uh, Cleverly, was really instrumental today, wasn't he? He's, he's a great leader. I think you said something in, in a tweet earlier, Jordan, that he's a, he's a great father figure, wasn't there? A, there was a moment where um, uh, I think Dennis was celebrating after scoring his fourth and he, he, he tore off his shirt and his GPS and, he, and Cleverly just sort of trotted over to make sure he picked up both those items like a, like a dad might if his son had yeah. just gone and <laughs> scored. It was, uh, it was great to see. Yeah, it's just yeah, Uncle Tom, isn't it? He just he just knows he's always going to be doing those things, and he's. I mean, you talk about his performance on the pitch, um, kind of indicative of that whole midfield, just pressure, work rate, making things uncomfortable, making things uncomfortable for United. Um, just just an absolute dream for a coach. And look, Tom Cleverly has his deficiencies as a heart is a harsh phrase, uh, a term to use, but. He has his drawbacks as a player, um, but one thing you're never going to question is uh, his his output uh, in terms of his physical ability. He's going to be closing things down. He's going to close the space. He's going to run. He's going to put an effort. And he's going to do the things that are required. Um, and I thought he led that midfield in doing so yesterday extremely well. Um, he, he led to some some opportunities. He led to Maguire being sent off with that pressure. Um, he's just someone that's just... He's he's very unique in how he does things, but it, it works for us. And if, I think if you find a coach that suits what he does, then I mean he he becomes integral to the team in in some ways. And I think yesterday is a prime example of that. In terms of picking up the GPS and stuff, that's just that's it. Just shows his character, doesn't it? You know, he mm. he he goes and does that. And someone else also pointed out in that video too. Not only does he because not only does he clear up after Dennis's mess, he also goes and uh, and congratulates Chucho Hernandez straight away um, for his involvement in the goal when everyone's peeling off to, to celebrate with Dennis. So he just he just gets what he's doing um, in this stage of his career. I think he's just one of those players that is extremely useful, and I imagine he's got a big impact off the pitch too. And yeah, I mean, I think we all we maybe don't say it enough, but I think we're all pretty appreciative of Tom. Mm. And that sending off was uh, was very important, wasn't it for for what? For, and there, actually, there was a guy behind me. Who uh, who was saying? You know, we're still ahead, but but there's a weird feeling around the ground. Uh, you know, I think everyone feels as though Man United are going to turn this around, and and Ronaldo is going to be at the heart of it. And until that Maguire sending off, it, it it kind of took that moment for the fans to believe. I think in a sense, because from that moment, you know, everyone got on their feet and were like, "We can do this. We can do this." And and the atmosphere completely changed. And everyone was um, was basically just cheering on Watford to try and bring it home. And before that moment, there was definitely a, a feeling of, oh, it's not, it's not going to happen, is it? It's not going to happen. Because we've seen it like that so many times in the past. And of course, very recently, um, Ronaldo has been at the heart of um, bringing it back from, uh, from the dead almost. Uh, there was that game against Atlanta. Um, I think there was been another recently um do, do you know what i'm talking about jordan i know he wasn't in the stadium but yeah i mean as long as, as long as ronaldo as long as ronaldo's on the pitch and you've, you've got a one goal margin you're always gonna be fearful that a half chance is gonna fall to him and he's gonna you know level the game late on and and disappoint the home fans but i, I think this is kind of what this is going back to what i was talking about earlier in terms of how you play and, and the approach you have um can change the mentality and the atmosphere in the ground and other team too um, I think with this, same with sending offs. Um, I, I don't think the sending off has as big an impact on the game as as is perceived a lot of the time. I think it's actually quite often nowhere near as big of an impact as as, 
it is made out to be. Um, there are ways that teams can play around it, and especially when a team's looking to attack as well. Um, they might be a little bit more frail on the counter-attack, but um, in terms of the threat they had on our goal, it's still pretty much the same in a lot of ways, and they were able to create chances, um, and they still had the same opportunity to do so. And, that, and they actually did create a few chances after that as well. But um, the atmosphere in the stadium obviously changes quickly because you have that, you know, we've got the extra man. It's another thing going against United, which you know puts them in a negative mental space. Um, and you start to feel that build and that, that kind of tension starts to alleviate a little bit and there's a little bit more excitement, um, especially when you get chances and you get on the break. Um, but I think it's just a, it's just another thing that happened in our favour. Um, and, but it wasn't out of nowhere. It came from the hard work and tenacity of, of our midfield. And it, you, if you can, if you can make the opposition make mistakes, then, then do so because not only can it lead to goals, but it can lead to moments like that. Um, and you can disrupt, you can disrupt teams that are kind of better than you by creating chaos. And I think that's what we did, especially through Tom Cleverley. Yeah. Well, I mean, after the game, uh, Cleverley said that uh, they were, they were trying their hardest to contain the situation and then when Maguire got sent off it swung the game back in Watford's direction so they, they probably felt it themselves on the pitch that that, that was a moment that um, that gave them the confidence to, to see out the game I don't know if they expected to score an extra two after that but um, it was fantastic and particularly to see Pedro's reaction after scoring his first Premier League goal and against Man United as well a team that uh, you, know, you know is big all over the world you know not just you know, in Europe, in Brazil, and, and everywhere, it must have been. Uh, well, I mean, you could see in his in his face the delight. Yeah, I mean, he had the, he had the shot blocked, and then just seconds before that, kind of where he thought his opportunity was gone for a while, and then yeah, managed to get the ball back again. Great play from Dennis, um, and he just slots it home. The the angle I was watching it was actually kind of confusing because it was because it's facing the away fans. You you didn't see any reaction of fans in the background. So it kind of looked like it hit the side netting. It wasn't quite... But yeah, the way he peeled away is, um, and that kind of outpour of emotion, obviously, the passing of his father um, as well. Kind of, you could see it was all... Mm. It was all just kind of let out in that second and instantly... I mean, there's there's a, there's no no time between kind of wheeling away to celebrate and him kind of being in tears and just seeing the players around him and stuff. It was obviously the emotional thing for... Um, himself and his his teammates. So I mean, I'm I'm sure it's like a massive moment for Pedro, and I'm I'm pleased for him. Outside of just having us score another against United, it's it's a big moment for him, and I think we've all kind of when we all feel feel quite positively towards Jao. So seeing him seeing him be able to kind of live that moment was a, was a big thing, and I'm I'm glad that uh, so many of us got to watch it. And then of course Dennis wrapped things up um, to really put the gloss on on a great day for Watford. Uh, he kind of stole the ball off Cucho, didn't he? And then, uh, and slotted it yeah. in. Uh, you know, uh, you said, he said a second ago that, uh, you know, um, cleverly went across to, to, um, not, I don't think it was consoling Cucho, but to, to, you know, to, Acknowledging his role, at least. Acknowledging yeah. his role, but I think Cucho was a bit, <laughs> bit disappointed, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, but look, it, it was. It, I just think it, again, it's it's that playing on the front foot and putting yourself into aggressive situations there. United, they didn't want to be in that game at that point, and we're still playing at that level. Dennis ran the amount. I said this during the game actually, but it's not just the distance that Dennis ran during that game. It's the amount of sprints that he executed during that game. It's it's ridiculous the amount of energy he went through in that one. Um, he's putting constant pressure on. He's not giving time on the ball. He's 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 just causing mayhem in that back line. And and again, he he kind of nicks the ball off Chucho, but he's still playing at that level. And he gets their reward for doing so. And I think it was just another example of how, how effective that can be for us. And yeah, we kind of got the reward for it. And just another job well done there from, from, from Dennis. Yeah. I will say with Chucho though, he has, um, he has been playing, um, not obviously from the, from the start, but he's, he's played in every single one of Ranieri's games. He's come off the bench. So clearly there's a, there's an option for him there to, to be involved. And hopefully at some point you'll start to, to be a more viable starting option as well. I guess one thing we should talk about is um, we still don't know the severity of SARS injury. Mm, that's obviously the reason why Chucho came on, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, it, it, it looked like it was the knee area. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that can be many different things, but uh, you had a chat with um, a guy who knows these sorts of things on, on Twitter, didn't you, Jordan, about uh, what it looked like from his professional opinion. Yeah, so a friend of mine, Injury Mechanisms on Twitter. He's got a really good account. You should go and follow him. He talks about all sporting injuries. Um, 
He also is pretty open to requests too. If there's ever a Watford injury, generally I try and send him a clip and ask if we can do something on it, have a look. Um, but his his immediate reaction to the SAR injury was um, concern for the MCL slash bone bruise. Um, avoids progressing to ACL meniscus. So effectively he wants to say that he's hoping that the ACL meniscus should be undamaged um, main fear of the MCL or bruise the bone. Fibula also vulnerable with contact and outer leg. But unlikely really for that to be the main concern. Um, effectively, it's just the MCL that's the, that would be the main kind of muscular tendon or ligament concern. Sorry, um, but the, the the bone bruise too is 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 a possibility. Having said that, I think there was some ankle twist in there as well, a little pronation of the ankle. But I don't think that's the main cause. I think it's the knee that seems to be his issue. Um, so whilst it, he whilst he did walk away. Um, and walk off the pitch. It's still not clear that he's actually okay. I think the club have. I think the club in some way have said that, or maybe Ranieri said that in a post conference that he's that he's okay. Um, but there's definitely going to have to be some tests around us to to see um, to see what exactly is wrong with his knee. But fingers crossed, it's minor. Even if it isn't MCL damage, hopefully it's a strain um, and not a full on tear. What sort of terms? Or time frame are you talking about there? Well, MCL is still a crucial. MCL is the, the medial collateral ligament, so still a, it's still a season ender if that's gone. Um, it's just the it's just the mechanism of that injury which looks which means it's more likely to be an MCL and ACL. Um, but that's I think the the idea that, that we're trying to get here from from IM is that it's more likely not a tear. Um, hopefully, it's just a kind of damage or, or or a bruise acl is a little bit more complicated than the mcl but it is still an injury you want to avoid um and, and something that could easily end this season but i mean again i think we're we're probably just at a point where we have to just wait and see there's no real full indication um but it is perhaps something that can be a little bit more subtle in terms of um when that injury occurs you might not be as visible on the pitch but that that's kind of the worst case scenario um, but hopefully, if that was the case, they'd find that out by now. Um, and if so, we'd find out about it soon too. But fingers crossed, just a bruise, just a strain, or just a twist. Something that uh, might have gone a bit unnoticed during the game was that uh, in the second half, Nkulu was was brought off for William Truesdekong. Um, obviously, like for like change mm. there, but it's not wasn't something that I was expecting or, or that I could see the reason behind. Did you notice anything there, John? I think um, I think when Yuri said in the conference afterwards, it was preventative. Um, he, he had a couple of maybe he wasn't fully up to speed or fully fit, or they had some slight concerns. Maybe at half time, he said he had a slight strain. You know, it could be any of these factors, but Ranieri said it was more of a preventative uh, substitution. Same with Loser as well, I believe. Um, so I, I don't think so. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit, a little bit kind of strain, a little bit more kind of off the beaten track to take off a centre back in a precautionary manner um, than it is your midfielder but if he trusts Trisa Khan to come in there then then sure why not if it keeps him coolly fit for the next game then and I think so I thought he had a, a reasonable reasonably good game today or yesterday so um, we know what our centre-back injuries are looking like I know Siriata is also out again um, so it, it kind of makes sense and it paid off mm. and that's unfortunate isn't it about Siriata because he was just coming back to to, to full fitness uh, went out to play uh internationally again and, and uh, has unfortunately managed to injure himself once again yeah it's a real shame for him because he's I just want him to be able to to kind of get his place in the team and I, I, I still um, I still feel that he's our best centre back um, after the season he had last season it just you just want him to be involved and you want him to have the opportunity although actually something I'm not sure we have touched on he, we, there was the report that he signed a new contract during the week, I believe, wasn't there? I think it might have been an 11-tile piece, but there was um, a contract extension for Sriach. I think it was five years. I'm sorry, we probably should have been a little bit more prepared. But, um, yeah, he, he signed a new contract, so um, that's positive news um, because, obviously, we, we felt like his stock was rising last year, and I think, as I said, I still think he's our best centre-back. So making sure he's kind of committed to the club for a few more years is a, is a positive, and uh, hopefully he'll be back playing. Um, new contracts till 2027. Oh, well, uh, I went to go and uh, see what Adam Leventhal had said about that. But the first thing yeah. that uh, came up on my on my dashboard was Man United officially part company with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So clearly uh, that Watford defeat wasn't able to uh, to be accepted by the, the hierarchy at United. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was, it, was, it was inevitable, wasn't it? It's gone on for a long, long time. And uh, I mean, 
the last few the last seven or eight games for Solskjaer have just been well, it's been a nightmare for them, hasn't it? And whilst it's kind of satisfying to watch from a, a an outsider perspective, I, I can imagine that um, the majority of United fans, the vast, vast majority, are kind of at their wits' end with it. So I think this is the kind of final nail in the coffin for them. Well, I, had, I have United supporting friends who uh, were thanking me after the game. They were saying, thanks, that's it, that, that'll... that'll uh... That'll, that'll do it. But I, I wasn't sure, actually, because obviously he's managed to survive uh, previous, um, you know, horrors. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Good and, for them, I suppose, and good that Watford managed to get the win before uh, before they made the change. Yeah, good for them as long as they kind of do the right thing and try and move in a, in a more kind of unified direction in, in, in the way to actually progress the club or get the club back to kind of somewhere close to where they were. I mean, with the talent they have in their team, they should be competitive. Um, and even under Solskjaer they were at times last season and, and this season they have looked very competitive and they, they can be good they've got they've got a good squad um, I, I don't really know what they're going to do exactly now because obviously it's a difficult part of the season to, to to be without a coach and to find a new one I think Lewis Enrique was someone that was maybe talked about a little bit but yeah um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things go but I, I do I don't know it's hard you, even though it's kind of very justified you do feel a little bit for, for Solskjaer because you know it's hard to watch but um, yeah, I'm sure United fans are, are happy all over the country. Um, well, you're welcome, Man United fans, if you if you happen to be listening. I don't know why you would be, but maybe, yeah. maybe you are. It's actually very rare that we get to play a team in this position. It feels like we always play it in does, the following week. Yeah, it? it really yeah. does. It really does. So it's nice that we... This is, see, this is what happens if you play in the week earlier. That's all we can make sure we can... Uh... Can we just change all the fixtures around, please? So we... Yeah. Um, okay, then. Well, uh, if you look at Watford's team... Um, on the face of it, and we look at every different area. Um, the goalkeeping mm-hmm. situation seems to be sorted for the moment. It looks like Ben Foster is the number one, and so he's going to continue. And to be honest, he's been putting in some decent performances. Uh, I've got no worries about that. It seems as though um, with Shirata's, uh injury uh, and in Kulu's, um, I don't know, resumption of fitness, uh, that the the starting choice is going to be um, Kafka and. And in Kulu, that seems to be what Ranieri likes. Um, and up front, I don't think there's anyone that's going to, you know, complain about the fact that it's going to be Dennis King and Saar uh, are, are going to be the, the main choice. But in midfield, it seems as though there's still a question over what our best midfield looks like, Jordan. And today we got to see another uh, another midfield um, that we hadn't seen previously. Mm. But what, um, what do you think is Watford's best midfield going forward? Should everyone that... Uh, that wears a, a yellow shirt be available? Well, I think that's an interesting interesting question because I think it really varies. I don't think there's one answer for it. Um, we have quite a good variety of midfielder now, um, which is which is positive. I also think we have a, a head coach that likes to adjust things on a game-by-game basis, which is something we asked for or been crying out for for a long time. Um, so because of that, I think it really depends on, on, on the game. Um, you look at yesterday, uh, the clear things we wanted... Who wanted pressure, aggression, um, some efficiency and possession, but mainly about that off the ball stuff. You look at the, look at Sissoko, Cleverly, Lutz are all players that are capable of, of doing so. Um, you could throw Kuchka in there and he could have been also kind of playing in the same manner. Um, but yet you might be in a situation where you want to have a little bit more balance. You're playing a team around you, maybe you expect a little bit more of the ball, you want to be a little bit more decisive. You could, you can have that midfield of Sissoko, Loser and Tufan, then suddenly, you look a lot more kind of progressive in possession. You, you open a few more avenues that would have been closed on with the different midfield, uh, and things can change. When he's back fit, a Tebow coming in there, a little bit more of a traditional kind of deeper defensive midfielder that can break up play but still carry. We've got loads of different options, so I really think it depends on a game by game basis. Yesterday, um, I think that midfield three would be a fair choice for a midfield three should everyone be fit. Um, but going into the next game, you know, I, I think you're fully justified to say that I think Tufan could come in for this one. I think he could give us this. So I think it's a hard question to answer in terms of um, a general statement. But what I will say is I, I think our midfield can be really effective and having that balance now and a variety of options. Um, when fit, especially, puts us in a really good position, especially combining that with a coach that is looking to adapt things and not kind of tie himself down to the same starting 11 every game and, and kind of looking to looking to to find ways to, to to beat that opposition in kind of a little bit more of a, a a micro sense still two big games to come jordan in in leicester and chelsea uh instantly who, who recently yeah. play each other and it seems as though chelsea certainly uh are the dominant of the two but how should watford look to deploy against leicester should they do a very similar 
set up at Man United today, or, or should they be looking um, differently? What, what, what's your opinion on that? I, mean, I think the fundamentals should stay the same. I still think we have to play with the same aggression intensity um, and looking to close the space down in midfield. But having said that, I think I think Leicester do pose a little bit more of a threat through the middle, which is kind of funny to say when when United possess Ronaldo. But um, in terms of pace um, and and power, kind of countering through that middle area of the pitch, we could close down the wings. It'd be a gamble. We could do it, but I do have more concerns um, about that that back line of the, the kind of two centre backs up against the likes of uh, Pats and Daka through the middle or even Jamie Vardy um, if available to they're players that can hurt you in that position um, I wouldn't be so confident playing a high line uh, maybe that kind of opens up space a little bit more makes it harder to to contain um, but I think fundamentally we want to try and do the same things impose Sar into the game um, get Dennis working as well uh, try and find ways to go through um, through forcing some turnovers, making Leicester play in some dangerous positions, and yeah, kind of continuing those fundamentals. I just think we have to be a little bit more aware of um, of that pace and, and that threat through the centre of the pitch. One of the, one of the big things Ranieri said is that um, they need to find that consistency. Um, you know, after the mm. the Everton game, you said that there was two lackluster performances, and I don't think anyone would really disagree with that, but. Yeah, it needs to it needs to carry on after this game. At least at least the same intensity or, or desire and passion that we saw, and you know, after such a big result against a big team like Man United, you'd hope that that they can take that into into Leicester. But it's you know, it's, yeah. it's a different team altogether that they're playing. You know, they played a a dejected Manchester United that um, you know mm. it can't be the same said for for Leicester, who despite losing uh, have looked. You know, relatively good this season. Yeah, they have, and I don't want to minimise. Um, I don't want to minimise the the approach of Ranieri into some sort of just kind of let's just go for it, run, close down, chase. Like it's, it, it is more complex than that. We are we are choosing our time to press. We are pressing in certain areas. We're setting traps, um, and I think that would change depending on position too. I think we'll look to be aggressive in certain areas and and maybe hold off a little bit more on on, on others, and you know, on a game by game basis depending on our position. Um, I think this one too is going to be a little bit different in the sense that Leicester will most likely be playing a back three. Um, so it does give you some different areas to attack. Um, it, it's quite a nice matchup for our, um, for our front three. In my opinion, playing against a back three, I think it suits us well with the pressure that we deploy. But you have to try and compensate that from the wide areas too, because there is going to be more support and it's going to ask a lot more of our fullback. So, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how we compensate for that. But, um, I, I do think we'll, we'll we'll have some of those same elements, or at least we'll exhibit some of those same elements in midfield, um, and, and try and make things happen from there. But it is a little bit of a different animal we're facing for sure. Mm, absolutely, and and then you know the prospect of Chelsea afterwards uh, <laughs> could be another tough one. Yeah, another you know another another good back three system we're gonna have to try and play against. Um, a lot of fluidity in attack, and and obviously lots of quality through the middle. Good wing backs. You know, Jorginho is keeping tempo really, really well. He's taking things over and kind of dictating that play. Obviously, Kante is in there as well. Lots of difficult players to play against, and a team that's actually playing in quite, quite, quite good unison right now. And they're able to find ways to beat teams like Leicester three nil. Um, so, yeah, another tough one to go against. And hopefully, we're going into that one with um, sign behind us in the Leicester game. So I think it's going to be probably the toughest out of our next coming fixtures for a while. Right, so earlier I said that the uh, the goalkeeping situation was uh, settled, and it, it is for for this season. Um, I say settled, actually, that's not really the right word, is it? I mean, it's, it it has been decided upon by Ranieri. Foster is his number one, and Backman, who is probably anything but settled, uh, is just having to accept that he is uh, number two at the minute. Um, but next season, um, things will be probably quite different with uh, Foster likely on his way out and and maybe Backman too. Uh, and uh, a new signing has, has been made uh, by Watford. Maduka Okoy has come in and um, we said that we would uh, have a little look at him uh, between the last pod and this one. And um, you, you've done just that, Jordan. Yeah, I had a little look at him. I had watched some, watched some footage and tried to watch a little bit more extended footage. A little bit difficult with goalkeepers um, at times, but he's um, it, it was interesting to watch, actually. Yeah, I thought it was quite promising. He's... He's a rangy, tall goalkeeper. He gets down well. Good reactions. 
pretty good in possession. Um, he, he had a few... Uh, it's a little bit tough when you're talking about goalkeepers because there are always going to be a, a few good saves, a few little errors. You know, They're always in, involved in action because they're, they're surrounded they're around every goal that, that's conceded. So you're going to have a lot to watch. But I think you can see a lot of the fundamentals, a lot of the basics there you, or traits that you could see in him from the beginning that, you, that would draw... Draw us to him. He's got great reactions. Um, he's long. He can reach. He can reach high. He can reach low. Um, just as like a solid young prospect, and I, I think it's just another good Nigerian pickup. We seem to be operating that market pretty well and finding these guys. And he's he's one that I think suits what we're looking for, especially in terms of age profile, um, potential sell-on, uh, ability to to kind of contribute to the first team. I think he's one that's quite easily able to kind of translate into that first team and, and offer something from the beginning. Um, and I, I tried to look a little bit at some kind of discussion around him uh, online or looking at kind of some quotes from players and coaches and stuff. And I mean, he seems to he seems to be impressive um, in all regards, really. So it looks from the surface and from what I've seen, looks to be a good pickup. And yeah, it's another hopefully good piece of recruitment from the club. Did you see much about his, uh, his distribution? Because that's an area that um, has been criticised with Foster, mm-hmm. it, I mean, yeah, the, an area that they'd, I'm sure they'd like to improve for for next season. Yeah, I think the distribution is there. Um, he's still a young goalkeeper. There were some mistakes in there, but he looks to he looks to play the ball. Um, he can kind of chip that ball out to the fullback, kind of like what we've seen from Backman actually as well um, previously. But yeah, he's he's pretty comfortable. I don't think he's I don't think he's maybe someone that you class as a ball on a ball at the feet goalkeeper, kind of first and foremost, but. Um, he's definitely someone that's a little bit more of a modern style goalkeeper as opposed to Foster, uh, but he doesn't lose that. Um, he doesn't, kind of, doesn't really lose that ability to be uh, a good shot stopper and kind of do his primary job. Um, and also, too, I mean, how often depends what we what our approach is. But I think looking at use of the ball isn't always our our primary objective yet either. Um, but he does possess the ability to pass and and, and play comfortably from the back. Mm. He's also quite good off his line too. He's actually he's, he comes off his line quite well, and he, he does smother the ball quite well. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily the fastest, but um, he is able to kind of come and close that space, and he covers his angles well. He just looks like a good goalkeeper, um, and I think with his age and his, the rest of his profile, I think we should be relatively uh, relatively excited about this one. How's he doing at Sparta at the minute? Yeah, I think he's been pretty good. I think last season there were some issues. Not issues, but I think he had a couple of lapses in form. Um, but this season he seems, to, for all regards, seems to be doing pretty well. And um, the reviews on him have been pretty pretty unanimously positive. Right decision probably to, to you know to send him back out on loan to Sparta to finish the season. Yeah, I think I think get, get, them foot, get him football, um, get him playing primarily. Um, and and then we can see what we have in our hands coming into the season and, and seeing how this this situation plays out um, with uh, Foster and Backman. Mm. Another player, obviously on loan at the minute uh, for for Watford is is, is Dolberg, who um, may come into the the thinking next season if if some goalkeepers had of him leave. Yeah, he. I mean, that's there's a possibility. He's been around for a while, isn't he? And it's someone that. Someone's at least getting some football in in the in the English league, and he's he had a couple of he had, he had one error, didn't he? One really bad error, but he's also been pretty positive from what I've heard. I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't sat down and watched him um, since he's been there, but um, just from talking to a, a Doncaster friend and also seeing a few kind of reviews and, and people discussing him, it seems that he's been doing a good job and he's someone that could come back into the fold at the end of the season. He's only still pretty young, isn't he? So um, why not? Mm. Thiago Kukur also also on loan there as well. Um, scored mm. one so far, I think, but uh, I think he's been getting some positive reviews. Yeah, I, I think I think he has. Yeah, he was he was one of those players that was actually a little bit active in the under twenty threes, wasn't he? And he was someone that's scoring goals. And yeah, it, it sounds like he's been doing reasonably well. Maybe he's not a first team guy, but you know, maybe potential sell on in the future for us. Any other loanies that you've looked at? Asprilla is the other one. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, a few people want us to cover. Uh, I think there's a little bit of excitement around him being more of an attacking player um, and someone that could be coming to the club relatively soon. So yeah, I had a look at him, Colombian attacking midfielder. Yeah, Yasser Asprilla, he's Colombian attacking midfielder, and yeah, it kind of falls into that into that mold of uh, of attacking Colombian players we've been looking at. Well, I guess not just attacking, but we we do seem to have um, a good kind of finger on the pulse down there. Um, and we found another one. I think he's someone that we can be pretty excited about. He's obviously getting a lot of attention to, to the football world right now. Um, 
he's 17 years old, but he, you know, he's he's a he's a player that's playing beyond we'd expect of of a guy his age. Very similar in a lot of ways to what we saw from Jao Pedro when we signed him previously uh, before joining us. He he's kind of scoring goals, he's being active, um, he's starting games, getting lots of minutes um in in men's football and yeah he's just looking really positive he's a attacking midfielder he can play wide um but generally you can see him through the middle um he gets forward he plays very similarly to to Joe, to Joe Pedro actually maybe a little bit more of a ball player but someone that likes to carry the ball um can play from deep gets into the box uh, gets players off balance scores goals just a just a really exciting young prospect so i think he's definitely one um of that current lone bunch that we have out right now uh, he's the one that you kind of look at for that excitement factor and someone that we'd like to see uh, involved in the first team uh, somewhat soon. I think there was some talk of him maybe going to uh, Udinese in January uh, to look to get some football, and that would be great for him. And uh, hopefully it means that he uh, he comes to us in an even better position. But just from the kind of early, early viewing of him, um, he's someone that looks really exciting and really promising. In terms of um, the, the transfer window, there's still some uh, time to go until that, but... Um... Would you say defence is still the area that Watford need to look at improving if if they want to try and you know go for for staying up this season? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd say I'd say defence is is definitely one, um, but uh, I just don't. I just kind of don't really see us doing so. Um, I think unless we have a, se- a severe injury, I, no. Didn't 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 the club say that they that they wanted to improve that area? Early? Yeah, they it, did, with, um, but. Uh, I I don't. I'm pretty sure was it was it Giretta who said that? Or? I, I could see us maybe looking at a loan or a short term deal, but I don't see us resolving uh, the the main issue there in terms of finding that starter. Um, if it meant it was a short term, it's difficult. I think Nkulu does kind of make that a little bit more difficult. I know this was said after we signed Nkulu, but uh, I do also think that we're not looking to invest heavily there. And personally, I want to see us buy or or find a a starting player in that position. Um, and if that doesn't have to wait till the summer, then maybe it has to. But I'm just not sure if I see the the club kind of paying those fees or, or putting that kind of transfer fee out there for, for a player at this time. Um, and yeah, we we very rarely spend money on a on a on a on a defender to come into the team straight away. It's you know it's usually either a, a young a young prospects or, or a free transfer that we tend to get. In. At least under the pozos. I mean, centre backs are one of the best value for money positions in the sense you can get an experienced or older veteran centre back for relatively cheap. Um, they're players that aren't often as tied down to as longer con- longer contracts. Um, and players that you can pick up, you can you can go a little bit older in that position. You don't have to be um, you don't have to be picking up players that are able to to get lots of minutes, kind of you know playing wide and and, and running lanes. They're just kind of they're able to be a little bit play a little bit into their kind of later into their career and I think we've found some value there. We look at the players we've signed, um, Britos, Kabul, Prodor, Cathcart even. I know Cathcart was a bit younger at the time, but still, um these are these are players that we haven't forked out large fees on. Even Sirialta, very low, very low fee for us. Um this is where we look to get value from and which is fair because there is a lot of value out there. But I, I do think at a certain point you have to be a little bit more aggressive in the market and, and try and find someone that you maybe have to pay a little bit for but it's going to offer you something a little bit more because it is a position that has hurt us previously, um, especially when injuries are piling up. But um, I do think it's something needs to be addressed. But having said that, I don't see us taking that approach until the summer. So I think if we do make any signings in, in January, it's more likely, um, in my opinion, there'd be uh, someone that's a little bit more short-term, um, whether it's a loan or there's a chance that something pops up in the market that we see see an opportunity. But um, I don't think anything really gets addressed until the summer at the earliest. Continuing the uh, the off the field uh, chatter, um, it's been the subject of renaming the stadium has, has raised its head again. It, it previously was 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 talked about. It's uh, it seems to be something that um, that they're exploring. Um, where do you come down on this, Jordan? Would you be uh, would you have any issues with the stadium being renamed if if there was uh, some kind of you know not, not just for no sake of it, but obviously for some kind of um, capital gain yeah i mean it's it's hard it's hard to say without knowing the actual details but obviously um first and foremost as a fan it i don't want to see the stadium name stadium name change um i don't want it to be a brand name um stadium sports direct yeah sports it's just, direct type. it just adds it just adds another element to, i think there's so it's so difficult to maintain or retain 
any sort of kind of culture or feeling in the club um, being in kind of what is the product of the Premier League, um, the commercial product that it is. I think trying to, trying to keep as much of that tradition and history in, in the sport is important and even something as simple as a stadium, I think it, it does have an impact. And if, there, if it's a difference between pushing the club on and pushing us in a, in a better position, if that actually is the difference, um, then... You know, I can I can entertain that argument and I can understand it, but at the same time, a big part of me and I'm sure a big part of uh, a lot of Watford fans would hate to see it become um, something like that. Vicar Droid is obviously um, it obviously means a lot to everyone that's uh, that's been there, everyone that supports the club, um, and to to change it would feel uh, just a little bit it's a little bit fickle and a little bit fake. You know, it doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. To me, that's my opinion. How do you feel about it? Um. Personally, I am not that worried about it because we are quite lucky in that uh, the stadium isn't named after like uh, a, uh, you know, uh, it's not the Elton John Stadium, for example. Um, It's Vicarage Road, which will never change because that is the name of the road. So no matter what they, they, you know, they decide to to call it, um, you know, Happy Eggs was 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 a was a joke on Twitter, wasn't it? The Happy Egg Stadium or something. But it, it would it would be um it would be the the Happy Egg Stadium at Vicarage Road, wouldn't it? So it would it would always retain that kind of Vicarage Road type of thing. And also, you and I would would never stop calling it Vicarage Road. It'd always be, you know, it would always be the Vic for us. So um, you know, if the club can make some money out of it, um, and if that can go towards, you know, buying a buying us another defender, let's say. Um, then you know I don't really, I don't really mind if that's the difference between us signing a, an established uh, defender who can come straight into the team and improve us, um, you know, and not. Then uh, I'm saying, yeah, let's yeah, go for it, whatever. As as long as it's um, as it's not going to bring the club into disrepute, it has to be um, a brand that uh, you know, isn't aligned with with something like. Well, let's say betting, for example. I don't. I'm not a fan of of, of of any betting being involved in 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 football. To be honest, um, you know, I know people will always bet on sport, but I don't. I don't like advertising being involved in it because that's you know it, it's a big problem within within our game. I think, and um, you know, along that lines, you know, anything to do with I don't know, maybe uh, what, what else? What else would not would we not like to see promoted? Well, I mean. Cigarettes. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't ever happen would it? because it's not. It's not allowed, is it? But why are you laughing at me, George? Well, I'm just thinking. Like, just yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I know that's a silly one because obviously you're not allowed to anyway. But um, you know, no. To- I just the thought of a cigarette brand of stadiums pretty pretty good to us. <laughs> I think I might be more behind that than I would be the uh, the other ones you mentioned. Honestly, um, yeah. Look, I just think it's one of those things. It's just. I don't know, man. It just feels wrong to me. I'm surprised you come down this side of it. Actually, I thought you'd definitely be more on the uh, retaining the Vicarage Road name. I, I don't well, know. I, I think I think you always would, though. I think you always would involve it in yeah, some I way. Yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see. Now we join our commentators at the Stake Stadium. You know, it's just yeah. Like, no, it's, I, I know what you mean. It, I mean, but this just, sort of thing happens at all levels of football. Though. I mean, even in the National League recently, uh, Bournemouth would change their stadium name uh, from Meadow Park to. To the LV Bet Stadium Meadow Park. Uh, yeah, and I, don't, I don't like it. I don't, either. I don't like I, it, but I, that, that's mainly because of the betting part of it involved in it. Um, I just have some yeah. opinions there. But um, look, I I think if he can get some money in, and maybe it's more important for clubs at the lower down because you know they need everything they can get at that at that, at that level. But um, the same can't really be said for a Premier League side. But having said that, yeah. I don't think I would be too fussed because it wouldn't stop what I call it. No, um, I know what you mean. I just, I don't know. I just, I just would need to know what the, what the, what the kind of benefits were. I, I need to see something tangible. I don't mean seeing a, a particular player, but I'd like to see the numbers. What, what generate, what, what we kind of generate from that, um, because it does feel like it's, uh, it's something we're clinging on to. We're clinging on to every little piece of tradition we can right now, and just to lose another one, um, I hope it's not for nothing. Well, good arguments there, um, and uh, I think that kind of brings us to a, a natural conclusion. Um, not too much in the way of, uh, of, of, of chatter today. I think some people will be very pleased with that, Jordan. They'll, they'll be pleased that we did. Yeah, apologies. I've, I've, I've got to. I've got to shoot off relatively quickly. I've got work today, but um, 
Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure as always. Tom's been a bit quiet, but um, we appreciate you joining <laughs> us, Tom, as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and thanks everyone that's come and listened to the three of us talk again. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll be back in in no time to cover the Leicester game. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed this, uh, you can let us know uh, by getting a, a, a review in. You can do that by going to iTunes, searching for the Watford Buzz podcast, uh, and then uh, typing in your comments. Um, <laughs> Please type in your comments. Generally... And also give us that 5 out of 10 we ask for every time. Um, <laughs> give us that score and we'll be greatly appreciative. It pushes up, pushes us up there, forces our way up the algorithm. And if someone's looking for a Watford podcast and we want to be around the top, or at, no, we won't be around the top, we won't be at the top. I'm not sure where we are now, but get us up there. Um, keep that rivalry going. And uh, yeah, we'll come out on top. Big words, huge words. Um, this it's going to end up in a podcast boxing match. That's what we're going for. <laughs> I think the thing is, we're two very different podcasts, aren't we? And we can all exist in the same sphere because we do different things. Oh, two, you just disregarded the other one. See, I like that kind of. Oh, that's, sorry, I mean, no, that's so, good. That's good. I sorry, like I mean, I, all, oh, and and all the other podcasts. It's just us and from the rookie. Well, it's just because that's the only one that I listen to. Yeah, you know, they're the originals, yeah. aren't they? But uh, the, the, from the Watford way or is, is there another one what <laughs> talking Watford I mean there's probably a few I was just messing around but I feel like you've actually got some genuine animosity towards these what? podcasts no, I, I just haven't listened to them I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're great <laughs> I, I just uh, I know I'm a traditionalist, even though I don't mind the stadium name being changed, isn't it? What about from the rookery end got changed? So it won't be from the rookery end anymore, it'll be from the bet 365 end. That's not, hasn't got a good ring to it, does well, it? Well, they did change the name, didn't they? From the rookery end by the athletic. Mm. Sellouts. I'm just completely kidding. I like those guys no, I, a lot. I love, what, I love I, what they do. Pleasure to work with them. I mean, I haven't got a problem with them. If you do, Matt, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just Why saying. Why are you like saying I have a problem with them? I um, have a problem with <laughs> I like the podcast too. Keep up the good work, John. Um, John, Mike, all you guys over there. Um, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Anyone else you want to say? <laughs> yeah, I've got to shoot. No, I've got to shoot. Well, if, you, if you've got any other podcast to bash, then just feel free to do it afterwards. I'll have a okay, listen. Okay. Well, good stuff. Thanks uh, to myself. Thanks from Jordan as well. He can be found at Jordan Why Not on Twitter. Please also follow us as well at Watford Pod um, so that you can see our releases if you don't uh, subscribe to any of the different podcast places. We'll be back then uh, after the Leicester game. Uh, I'm not sure what time that will come up. It's a Sunday game, isn't it? So we'll chat at some point and get it out there as soon as we can um but from us this afternoon slash this morning um it's it's, it's goodbye for myself and it's goodbye for goodbye everyone bye bye